saying the phrase, I think they wasted Jack McBrayer, needs to tell you folks all that you need to know. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Porches, and we're back again a touch late, but we're still here nevertheless, and I'm joined as always by Matt Smith. We're not late. We're going to be on time with this episode. Well, it's just Tuesday. Wednesday's it. our normal release day. Bro, I don't even know what day it is anymore. <clears throat> we're we're not late this week. So shut up. We're, we're late. Not. We're late for us recording, because we usually we tend to do, record on like a, like a Monday. I well, think, I guess I guess that's true. I think that's what's jamming my brain is that we're an odd set, and I you know there's just so much. And I've God Almighty, we've got so much crap to talk about, and I haven't seen half of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so sorry. So uh, we're we're gonna have one review this week. <laughs> Ooh, I love, we're like the fucking slash film cast over here. Only one fucking release. That's a damn shame that's that's not entirely true i'm gonna talk about the forest in a little while yeah i still have yet to see that i'll bring it in when it's time when i get the chance give me a fucking break there's so many things out in 2016 is already kind of kicking my balls but we're gonna Uh get around to it so i mean look look i saw 140 movies last year just shut the fuck up people (laughs) i'm like ingratiating the people right off the bat yeah to, to well, I mean, you know, it's not like you had all week to go see Carol or anything. No, I, uh, trust me, I didn't. But I had other crap to do. <laughs> Shit. But yet, died. Still had I just other. Saw a point Break. <laughs> I did see Point Break. So we're gonna talk about Point Break. I saw Point Break. Uh, so let's let's get to what I'm watching because that that'll be quick. Uh, so right. yes, I did see Point Break. Uh, so Matt, re- you reviewed Point Break last week. Worst movie I saw this from this past. And week. you said yes, worst movie of 2015. Uh huh. Um, first of all, let me talk about real quick, my experience going to see this movie. Ooh. So it's fucking, uh, it's Friday, right? Uh, it is the 9.50 showing, bright and early, okay? Right. So I'm rolling out, I go, I get my ticket for that, I get my ticket for The Revenant. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna go double feature, as I am, uh, normally want to do, do both. So yeah. knock them right out. Uh, so I go in... And uh, so I'm the first person in line, boom, buy my ticket. Uh, and at this particular AMC, it's one of the remodeled ones, right, where you can pick your seat. So I'm like, okay, right mm-hmm. here, smack dad, middle, middle, boom, ready to go. So I get in there, like, well, first of all, I'm a, I'm a dickhead. I went into the wrong fucking theater. So I'm sitting there and I'm just like, shouldn't this motherfucker be starting about now? And I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. Uh, I'm like, maybe I'm in the wrong theater. That's a good possibility. So I walked out and I'm like, oh, I'm in 13. I should be in 14. Uh, so I get up. I go to 14. I'm looking at the uh, ticket stub there. 
there was one guy that was behind me in line, and guess what? He was the other guy going to see this movie. Now, when you when you're asked to, so there p- were only two of you in the theater. At the, period. At, at this throughout pe- the whole movie. At this particular time, I'll, I'll get to the other bit in a second. Okay, sure. Um, so he's the only other cat in there, and I'm looking at my ticket, and I'm like, all right. C, so third row, which is a lot further back than it sounds, but third row because it's pretty much right in the middle. Right. And I look at the seat and I'm like, this motherfucker chose the only other seat right fucking beside me. Now this is like the uh, the two by two armchair yes. style recliner. Thing now, here. now, did he get the one that was just to the left of me or to the right of me? No, he got in the same fucking two, two chairs as me. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I am not going to be the only other person sitting with this stranger throughout this god, what is sure to be a god-awful film for fucking two hours right? next to this fucking weirdo. I don't know who this person is. He doesn't well, know me. Obviously a weirdo if they bought their ticket after you did. After I did, and you get to see on the chart. When you point on the chart, the like the green ones are the ones that are free, the red ones are the ones that are taken. He took the one beside the one that was already fucking taken. Mm-hmm. And so I get in there, and he's sitting in you there. You sure you didn't want like a smooch or something, bro? He must have. I don't know no, what his deal did, was. You didn't? You should have f- taken advantage. He was in the mood. He's he, frisky. He's he seemed, ready to roll. He looked like he might be a little bit brusly. It hurts my He was ready skin. to tell you, Johnny Utah. Yeah, he was about to give me to, the old Johnny Utah, as it were. To have have some of his uh, boating. The, no, you know, trust me, I'm sure there would be some sort of a hole in the bottom of the popcorn tub or some fucking shit and just go, hey, how do you do over there? Uh, so I'm like, no, fuck this noise. I know we got assigned seats, but I, I ain't playing this motherfucking game. So I go to the row behind him. I'm like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, nobody's fucking here. <clears throat> well, sure as shit. Two other motherfuckers come in, and guess what fucking seats they got? The seats that I fucking took. And I like I was very apologetic. I'm like, bro, no, seriously. So sorry. This cat, he's like, and I tried to I tried to get up and explain as like calmly and like just as not as loud as some motherfucker could hear it. And I was just like, right. dude, this guy, he fucking like I'm the only other person in here. And he goes and he picks a seat that's like right fucking beside mine. What's the deal? And he was like, the guy was very cool about it. He probably could have been a complete dickhead. And but he was just like, dude, no, 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 no. He's like, I'm, I'll, I'll go sit in the next row. I, I don't care. It doesn't really bother me. I was like, no, no, dude, I'll go sit over there. He says, no, no, man, don't worry about it. I got it. Just you know, you just go, you stay there. It's cool. I'll, I'll go with the back. Very, very cool with everything. I thought that was very nice. Um, but he completely didn't have to. I would totally would have went to that back row. Uh, but the whole fucking thing, dude. This dude just fucking sat there, and I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? What kind of fucking monster? There are like four other rows to choose from. Choose from one of those. Even if you're going to choose the same fucking row as me, choose a different seat. Not the one that's right beside. Even in a pair of seats that's to the left of me, for example. Right. Even that's perfectly fine. Even if you don't leave a buffer, at least there's enough of a, you know, big arm, big arm buffer room in there. This, all that's separating me and him is that little tiny fuck divider. And like, we're getting up here buddy-buddy and shit. I just thought... So let this be a lesson to you out there. If the, if you see this shit and there's somebody that's beside, unless you're going with somebody else, don't fucking sit beside that person like a piece of shit. Unless it's fucking sold out, you got a different excuse. That's perfectly fine. If you're going to a Star Wars thing and, hey, it's the only other fucking seat in there, by all means. But if it's 9.50 in the fucking morning and the only other person in there has already bought their ticket, don't fucking sit right beside them, you goddamn Ooh. monster. Fuck you. Well, what'd you think of the movie? Movie sucked nuts. <laughs> God almighty, it was fucking boring as shit, dude. Right? 
there's nothing in it. The movie means nothing. You were absolutely right. This is this is a movie that had to. It was this was not a Point Break movie uh, before it got renamed Point didn't Break. It, didn't it feel like it was just a fucking uh, like I don't know fucking brotastic like extreme sports bonding Nirvana experience movie? Yeah, like we're all going to go out to the wilderness and learn yeah. and love each it was other. Like like fucking Bro Wild or something like that. Bro Wild. <laughs> Emil Hirsch is getting Wait. down like a motherfucker. <laughs> you bet, yeah. motherfucker. Wow. Tubular. Yeah, right? It yeah, was... would have had uh, Emil Hirsch. But you're right. Edgar Ramirez is the best actor in the damn thing. And God bless him, he's trying. Yeah, he he's, is. He's trying his heart out. Everybody else sucks balls. No one else is doing anything Dude, that's halfway fucking decent in this film. What about that What about that facial replacement shit? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it looked pretty bad. There was since like you have a different head color, like his like big blonde locks and stuff were like extra blonde. It's like you didn't. It's like dude, color grade that down a little bit so it looks like the environment that he's around. For God's sake, Uh, it was uh, no, it was it was pointless. It was meaningless. It's like you could have shot this man and be been done with. It's it's the Austin Powers thing. Put two bullets in him and let's go the fuck home. But no, we got to keep going. At least, oh God. At least with like the Patrick Swayze thing, him going out and surfing at the end, it kind of meant something in a way. Uh, but but it was like it was literally like from the beach. You didn't have to drive like to the middle of the ocean to do it. I mean, some of the surfing scenes and stuff look cool. I mean, it's a it's a pretty looking movie, but that's about it. But it is it is awful fucking long. That's the biggest problem. Is it is redonkulously long at <laughs> damn so, near two fucking it's hours. It's so boring. And why the fuck? They like they put Teresa Palmer in that movie just to uh, have a woman. Oh, let me talk about and, something because that reminded me. Uh, uh-huh. She's got them. They've all got them. What is this? Is the worst? This is the like brainchild for the shitty tattoo movie of the fucking year. Everyone's got the worst fucking tattoos uh, ever. Yeah, it, it's it is uh, it's fucking shitty tribe tattoo. Uh, you know. She's got birds all Little over her and shit. It looks like somebody fucking sneezed on her shoulders, sneezed black goo on her shoulders and shit. Um, Someone thinks that's really cool, brah. Everybody's got them, though. Everybody's got a sh- like 18 different fucking shitty tattoos on them. It's just like, yeah. don't even look Legs, bitching and cool. Shoulders. It is chest, just like, back. why oh. did any of... And he's got to take his shirt off several times. It's like, you're not taking them off to show these bitching tattoos, bro. Put, fucking put that shirt back on. Ain't nothing going on here that they, nobody fucking motherfucking interested in. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, this is and like, and it didn't even have like, it didn't even have enough like, uh, like inadvertent homosexuality to make that even fun. Just just like look at him being all you know super like, oh, they yeah. just they really right. love it. it. it There's none of that in there. The homoeroticism that the original point, which totally hit. did, which was great about that movie. It was just like this is yeah. kind of a gay movie, right? And like, yeah, it is. Well, okay, cool. I'm, I'm digging what it's doing, but this didn't even have that in it. It was just like it was almost like they were trying to be too straight. <laughs> it's like you should have gave this up more. I think that's what. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what the you know end of the well, day. Well, you know, is. you know the real problem is that we got the best straight gay movie this year and that was magic mike double x oh it was great that fucking and, movie uh, that is making that I, we haven't made i haven't made my top 10 less yet probably gonna make it probably making yeah, it's it's, it's at least fine. top 25 it's fucking amazing it's a great movie uh right on did you see anything else this week, uh so 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 here's the here's the post story to that okay oh okay there's a new thing so i leave so i leave out and um 
I go to the um like because like the ticket for the revenant is like right after point break. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got enough to go take a quick piss, maybe just kind of reload my drink real quick and then walk right into the theater. Right. And I go in and I'm just like, it's fucking, this sh- preview should be rolling right fucking now. I mean, I got my seat number, so I mean, I know it's reserved for me, so I know exactly where to go. Uh, turns out their fucking hard drive crashed. Mm. So I go up and I'm like, hey man, so uh, the Revenant's not playing in the thing. And they're like, oh yeah, it was like the hard drive crashed. We can't play it in any of the theaters. Nothing's going on. Well, just get your ticket back. What the fucking hell? So I had to go, uh, so I went, got the ticket back, and I had to go see it another day. So it was just, it was a real fucking pain in the ass. And so mm. I went up to Ikea and bought a bought a desk, bought a desk for the studio here. And well, then, of course, good. I got that desk home and then realized that it wasn't the natural wood color that I wanted. It was white because it looks fucking different under the sodium vapor lights of the fucking warehouse there. <laughs> So I had to drive all the way back from South Charlotte, all the way back again to North Charlotte to pick up a new fucking desk. Of course, do they have the color that I want? No, I think they're discontinuing this type of desk altogether. All they have is the black one. I'm like, fine, I'll fucking take a black one. I'm cool with the black. It matches the other shit in the room. Perfect. But my God, my day was goddamn fucking wasted. And then it took like two hours to build the goddamn thing because I'm fucking stupid. Uh, but I'd like to thank the guys at Trick or Treat Radio for having a three-hour-long show that helped me not only take the ride but actually build the entire desk and everything. So they they filled that time. So I thought that was nice. Um, well, right on. Other than that, um, I don't really I, I don't really have anything big other than uh, you know you'll hear it on uh, HMP, a late episode of HMP. That is the show that is late. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you that. Um, uh, I, I watched Constantine sneak preview, kids. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> it was just God Almighty. It was just boring. Talk about a movie. I like this is the week of long movies, man. That movie is two hours long. Should be an hour and a half. There's a whole lot of garbage in it. I and, like that movie, but a lot, I, of, I a like lot of people lot do. Of garbage. A lot of people do. I, if you if you want to hear me talk about that movie a little bit, uh, I was on the Constantine episode of Bruce's podcast. Heroes and Villains. Yeah, it's a good episode. And and we do talk about the movie version of Constantine just a little bit. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into a little bit more in detail for that. Uh, just check out heremoviepodcast.com. That should, episode should be out when you're listening to this one. Uh, okay, that's it for me. What do you got, man? Uh, well, I've seen, uh, as, as is usual, a shit ton of things. Um, I did get to see The Forest. I'm going to do that uh, just to lead into The Revenant since it's a new release. Um, But I finally got around to watching a few things that have been sitting in the queue for a while, a couple on Netflix and one that um, I had uh, uh, rented. Um, So uh, first up, Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead. Uh, uh, still not entirely. Any sequel that's go to and doesn't follow Electric Boogaloo, don't know if I'm behind it, but go ahead. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Dead Snow was a horror comedy, for those of you who uh, don't know, that came out uh, back in like 2009, 2010. And it was a, uh, a Norwegian film about uh, Nazi zombies uh, being resurrected in this small outpost um, after uh, this group of teenagers, or I guess uh, they're not in their teens, but you know, slightly older. This group that's out vacationing in the middle of nowhere resurrects them uh, by after they steal some of their gold. Steal my gold in them there hills. <laughs> and so, <laughs> are you Walter Houston now? Like what's? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and then you you shoot the ground. You shoot the ground with your guns. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Hell yeah. So anyway, uh, this one picks up kind of right after that one uh, with lots more wackiness. Um, This time, the Nazis, uh, who did not die at the end of the last film, uh, have to complete... Nazis never die? I think that was the name of that No? Oh, wait a minute. That movie's fun, too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Surf Nazis must die is worth watching, guys. Um, but anyway, this one this one kind of picks up the the only survivor from that film uh, who who uh, had to um, c- cut off his own arm and kill his girlfriend. It was a very evil dead situation. Uh, but that guy Martin um, is still on this time. He's he's trying to stop the Nazi zombies from. Uh, killing this entire town of people because that was the last order they were given by Hitler, uh, before they were all slaughtered. Um, and so as they make their way to the town, this guy can't really stop them. Uh, he accidentally gets, uh, the, the zombie, one of the zombie leaders, uh, arm, uh, is reattached in place of his arm by an inept doctor. And he gains some kind of superpowers. Uh, but he teams up with some Americans, uh, the zombie squad, um, led by Martin Starr, of all people. <laughs> what? Yeah, Martin Starr. Um, and uh, they just go and kick a whole bunch of zombie ass. Uh, they they resurrect because he now has the same zombie powers as the Nazi leader. Um, this guy goes and resurrects a Russian army that had been sent there to uh, defeat the Nazis. And they go head to head. Uh, basically in a little field outside of the town that the Nazis are supposed to destroy. Um, it's it's pretty fun. It's not the greatest thing. It was, the weirdest thing about this movie, honestly, is that uh, I guess the, the film did so well here in the U.S. that uh, they just decided to go on and shoot this one in English. So well. Uh, do you mean like people saw it on Netflix? Because no one this, this movie didn't hit theaters. It did really well on video. Uh, it was... Um, it did really well on on demand and through rentals yeah, fair um and and i think it sold pretty well and it, it was uh well it's got a great the first thing had a great fucking cover there's i yeah. mean that cover fucking sold you that movie that, that it, i put that in the queue i never really watched it cuz i'm like no fucking way that this this movie lives up to this amazing cover art um it's so. pretty fucking good uh just so you know um better than the sequel but uh, Dead Snow is really good. Uh, Dead Snow Two is good as well, but it is kind of more of the same. It has a it has a sequelitis, I would guess, is what I would say it is. Um, but it's also really funny, and they do not give a fuck. I mean, babies get murdered in this fucking thing. Uh, they don't give a shit. It's just everything <laughs> goes. Um, so I, I finally got around to that. Uh, another movie that I got around to, also a horror comedy. I, I watched horror comedies this week. So another horror comedy that I that I watched was uh, this from this past year, uh, Cooties. Uh, now, heard a lot of bad things. No, I've not, but I've heard a lot of bad bad so, things. So this is with uh, Rain Wilson and Elijah Wood mm-hmm. and Allison Pill and Jack McBrayer and Lee Wanells in it and uh, Jorge Garcia fucking shows up in this thing. Um, this this movie is basically uh, the, these kids eat some poison chicken nuggets and turn into fucking ravenous zombie kids. Yeah, that 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 old story. Yeah, and uh, uh, basically uh, it doesn't affect anyone who's hit puberty or gotten their period or anything like that. So uh, wait a minute, it, wait a minute, cooties. wait a minute, wait a minute. So uh-huh. if you've gotten those things, it doesn't affect you, right? If you're if you are older than puberty age, uh-huh. uh, 
you or you have your period or you're at puberty, uh-huh. it doesn't affect you. Have your uh, balls hence, dropped? You eat these chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, the thing about this movie is that it's really uh, a really great um, concept that is executed extremely poorly and goes on a bit too long and uh, probably most egregiously uh, just isn't funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, there there are moments where you're like kind of chuckling at a few small things here and there but given the cast i mean it it wastes rain wilson and jack mcbrayer basically mm-hmm. uh which i think is an unforgivable sin for a saying movie the phrase going. i think they wasted jack mcbrayer needs to tell you folks all that you need to know yeah i mean it, i think it's hard <laughs> to waste that guy honestly he's just a fun goofy little fucker you know yeah you you turn him loose on some shit and he like he'd be fine you know yeah. same with rain wilson quite quite uh honestly uh like i really like rain wilson but uh his character is kind of this douchey um uh gym coach who uh is dating allison pill and he has like this weird uh kind of love triangle hate relationship going on with Elijah Wood because Elijah Wood is also in love with Allison Pill's character and uh none of it works and uh it's just it's pretty solidly bad um I don't hate myself for having watched it like I did uh Point Break but it's definitely not good I would not recommend it uh stay away from cooties don't catch it Eugene Shallot motherfucker you <laughs> stay away from cooties Cody's and A's, don't catch it. Um, the next film that I watched uh, <laughs> is also a horror comedy, um, but this one's really fucking amazing. So this this movie's from uh, Spanish filmmaker Alex uh, de la Iglesia. He directed a movie a couple years back called uh, The Last Circus, which was really fucking dark and uh, amazing and brutal. This one is uh, also pretty dark, but it's also really funny. Um, it's called uh, Witching and Bitching. Uh, <laughs> witching because uh, it's, it involves witches and bitching. Because it's bitching, bitch! Well, because, because all the main characters do is bitch at one another about stuff. <laughs> um, that's actually not even the original title. The original title is simply The Witches of Zagaramurti, which is the town that uh, these witches uh, live in, in the Basque region. And the good lord knows white France people can't pronounce that shit, so right. forget it. Uh, so witching and bitching it is. Um, basically, this uh, this is about a guy who, along with some strangers that he encountered at the pawn shop... Uh, <laughs> Never decide, a good way to start. <laughs> they, they decide one day that uh, because they don't know one another or anything about one another, uh, but are all broke and uh, indebted to this pawn shop that they've uh, been giving their gold rings to and things like that in order to survive, um, that they're going to team up and rob it. And so they commit this robbery, and it goes really bad. And uh, on their escape, they end up in this town where these witches uh, are in charge of everything. Uh, It's really inventive. I don't want to talk too much in detail about it because I hope people uh, go and see it. It is pretty fucked up. Um, It it earns its uh, R rating pretty uh, hard. Uh, although it's not for gore, it's mostly just, uh, like there's a lot of taboo shit going on in this movie, um, Mm. that American filmmakers definitely just would not deal with. Um, so, uh, I would say definitely if you've got Netflix here in the U S I don't know if it's on Netflix in the UK, um, but Netflix worldwide son, but I know that it was released, 
uh, internationally kind of, and, and that the UK has it uh, because I looked at getting the Blu-ray from there, but it was not uh, region free. Um, so witching and bitching is a uh, definitely like go and check this thing out. It was, it was appropriately bitching. Boom. I'm going, I'm going full, full. You shout. know, I don't know if we can have you on the show anymore. <laughs> I'm going full shallot tonight, sir. <laughs> I'm going full shallot on everyone. Full shallot. Uh, okay, so finally, down to brass tacks. New release film this week. Uh, somewhat anticipated. It is the first new horror film to get a theatrical release in 2016. And honest to God, I would like had I had I hit the double feature with the Revenant on that first day. That was going to be the one I go to on Saturday. But it just it fucked the whole game. Mm. Well, here we are. I saw the forest, and uh, it's it's not great. What, what? What? It's not it's not bad, but it's not great. Uh, it is par for the course, which is probably the most uh, awful thing about it is is, is its mediocrity. Um, basically, if you've seen uh, any literally any uh, ghost movie from Japan uh, remake that was uh, PG-13 rated, rated in the past 20 years. You kind of know what's going on here. There are not long-haired uh, dead girls, um, but there are kind of like uh, some demon parts and things like that. It's Any ghostly little white kids? They're all smoke white or something? Well, no, it, it, it's honestly like a pretty slow burn. Uh, most of it is uh, just set in the forest. Uh, so the plot is that um, Natalie Dormer's character uh, who from Game of Thrones and all kinds of other shit, she's in uh, Hunger Games and blah, 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 right? Um, so Natalie Dormer's character is a twin. Her twin goes mis- missing uh, in uh, the suicide forest in Japan, which is a real place. Uh, uh, I've read about it somewhat extensively uh just because i you know as it should not surprise any fucking person that listens to this show uh like one of my obsessions is uh paranormal bullshit he's a weirdo i, I tells you a weirdo even though i don't believe any fucking part of it uh, i'm still obsessed with it right so uh she goes trying to find her twin who's uh disappeared in here and um starts to maybe go crazy in the forest uh so I think probably the real problem here, though, is uh, it it relies on a lot of tropes that uh, are prominent in a lot of other movies, but does not make nearly enough use of the potential for this twin motif uh, of doubles and things like that. Uh, I feel like if it had gone in a different direction with the types of scares that it was trying to do, mm-hmm. it would have been much more successful. But by focusing on uh, the is there or is there not ghosts around her, uh, it's just it's less psychological than it could be and uh, just not as effective. So um, I'd say if you're a genre completist like I am, this one uh, is not awful, as I said. Uh, just wait until it's available to stream on a service you actually rent already or, uh, you know, maybe for two bucks on iTunes one day. Uh, so that's my, that's my review of the forest. That's, I, that's I a game it. I like to play. Is they is, or is they ain't some ghosts around here? They, they is. They is. They always and is. Uh, <laughs> First of all, speaking of which, uh-huh. did you see the uh, Conjuring 2 trailer? Yeah. Fucking looks dope, son. I'm excited. Uh, I'm, Pumped, man. That was you know, that was one of our favorite horror movies. I'd, that's one of my favorite horror movies. Last easily five years, probably even plus. Yeah, 
God damn yeah, it, that first Conjuring movie was damn good. And I like how you look on IMDb, at least at the time that I saw it, I was just like, no plot is like, there's zero plot listed on IMDb as to what it is. But you just know that, um, you know, the um, the characters are back from the original, uh, the Warrens are back, mm-hmm. and some shit's going down. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, and is know, it the same I director the and everything? That so they're telling pretty well, and if oh, it really? pulls, and if it gets pulled off, it's going to be uh, amazing. I'm very excited. Uh, well, it's one of the most famous paranormal cases out of the UK. It's the Enfield Poltergeist. Okay. Um, and uh, it's it's well known uh, story, and I hope that uh, the movie is able to pull off what it did with the first one. The trailer looks is, great. Which is be scary as shit. Yeah, the trailer looked really good. I'm I'm excited for it. It's a very kind of untraditional trailer, like the first one was. Not mm-hmm. quite as untraditional as that first trailer was, but still pretty damn good. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's it. Let's get into our only only uh new full re- new release of uh, review of this week. Here's a trailer for The Revenant. Fair warning, it's a bad trailer. safe thing to do is track a new course back up online. Then what we gonna do? Sit out there like a bunch of goddamn ducks. You and your half-breed son get to walk on out? I'm talking to you. thing to do would be to finish him off quick. He's to be cared for as long as necessary. I understand. Get away! Help! What happened? We did what we had to do. He was buried right. That was the trailer for The Revenant, our new release review of this week. Uh, here's the IMDb plotline. As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. A frontiersman on a fur trading expedition in the 1820s fights for survival after being mauled by a bear and mm-hmm. left for dead by members of his own hunting team. This is uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, Will Poltier, I believe is how you say his name, Domino Gleason, and a handful of others. 
Uh, this is a directed by Alex, Alex, Alejandro Gonzalez Inuritu, uh, with a screenplay by him and Mark L. Smith, based on the novel by Michael Puke. Punk? Puke? I don't know. P-U-N-K-E? What do you figure that is? Uh, Punke, if Punke. it's, uh, I don't know. If it's uh, you know, Germanic in origin, but, you know, it's probably, it might be fucking punk for all I fucking Beats know. Beats the hell out of me. Well, uh, so this movie damn near, damn near almost took Star Wars at the box office, but Star Wars... Got through at the end there. Uh, they did beat him on Friday though, which was actually kind of astounding. Um, yes, but uh, so with with uh, so let's let's go back to uh, Mister Inri Two here. Um, so last uh, last go around here, we uh, you know had Birdman. I enjoyed Birdman quite a bit. You not so much. No, didn't like it. Um, so I my guess is you probably weren't overly looking excitedly into this movie. Yes. Mm, no, I was. I mean, I don't hate Inri Two. I just didn't like Birdman. Fair I enough. like Babel. Uh, 21 Grams. Oh, I hate right. Babel. <laughs> Mora's Peros is okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, I did not like Birdman. I was not big on his film before that, uh, Beautiful, um, yeah, with... Uh, Penelope Cruz. Uh, fucking... No, what's his what goddamn that? name? Uh, Anton Sugar. That motherfucker. <laughs> Javier Bardem. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, I was like, know, are we going to be referring to people as I'm, character names from now on? <laughs> I just couldn't fucking remember Bardem. For you remember when idea. Batman had a drinking problem in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's what yes. we should do from now on. I do. <laughs> um, anyway, no, I, I just, the only movie of his that I really haven't cared for has been Birdman. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, I was, you know, I was looking forward to The Revenant. I liked DiCaprio a whole fucking lot. Mm-hmm. I liked Tom Hardy a whole fucking lot. And uh, this looked like it might be... Uh, as you can tell from the trailer, like an actually uh, really good um, kind of revenge flick done in the way that uh, Terrence Malick would make it if he were into making good I movies. I did not even put that together, but you're not wrong. This is but, wow. But if Malick wow. made good stuff, uh, <laughs> it no, would it's be very like Malicky style. If you'd have yep. told me this was Malick, I probably would have believed you now that you yeah. say that. Yeah. So uh, you know, it was, you know, it's a lot of handheld, a lot of following shots. Uh, wow, I did, mm, which man, which are also hallmarks of Inuritu's, uh films in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, the trek through nature, uh, the primordial, all of that shit's very um, symbolism malady. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's New World, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which which perhaps not surprisingly given that i was looking forward to the revenant uh, a new the new world is uh like my favorite um malik movie post uh 70s hmm. so i know i know i'm an outlier there everybody fucking likes thin red line but i do not give two I, shits oh about i hate that. thin red line um and everybody likes uh circle of life or whatever the fuck badlands uh, <laughs> son that's all you got to know <laughs> and i just fucking don't like tree of life and I, for some inexplicable I've seen reason, it four like four fucking times. So oh wow! It's You've not even like seen I it saw it once and did not <laughs> care for it. I've only I almost seen came it the around once. at one point and just said, "Fuck it!" I really hate this fucking thing. <laughs> it took you. It took you. It took you. Fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there. Well, because I like it was a favorite of uh, one of my professors at Emory uh, to use for teaching examples. So I watched it like three times there after I'd seen it in the theater a couple of times. So I guess I saw it five times, Jesus. twice in the theater, just to like give it a second chance. And then uh, then for class, I watched it each fucking time um, because I, you know, I take what I do seriously. I'm not going to not watch the fucking thing that I have to, you know, 
talk about. Yeah, I've seen it once, therefore um, it's dumb and I quit and whatever. I mean, there's right. a lot of people uh, that do that shit. But, but seriously, I was like three quarters of the way through it again. And I was like, you know what, man? I really fucking don't like this movie. <laughs> uh, anyway, hmm. let's let's talk about The Revenant. Okay. Uh, people seem to really dig this thing. Mm-hmm. It's got really solid ratings. Not amazing ratings. But pretty good, yeah. Pretty good. Not Birdman ratings, but yeah. Right. Um, it's blowing up the box office. I mean, it was estimated to do something like $28 million or something like that, and it, it did uh, 45 this weekend, I think. Pretty incredible. Uh, which is I know. I'll be honest. I think, and you know, I, I think DiCaprio can fucking open up films, man. Oh yeah. I think, honest to God, I think he's the reason people are going because people people aren't like you and me who know Enrico and his work and stuff like that. They may have seen Birdman, but they don't know the motherfucker behind that shit. But they see DiCaprio in this movie where he looks fucking crazy and shit, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go see that." Yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, like Baz Luhrmann's. Uh fucking Gatsby movie, right? Um, yeah, that made money, it, for Christ's sakes. It, it opened at $50 million domestic, Jeez. and uh, no one was saying anything good about it, right? <laughs> yeah, people, I mean, it's, yeah critics were it, just, like, lambasting that thing, it, it's man. It's just whatever. Uh, you know, it's not that great or, or that. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, um, I, it, like, Shutter Island actually made money, which uh, was astounding, because Scorsese's movies never make money. Yeah, really. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, no, DiCaprio just fucking. Well, Wall Street made some bank, but again, that's again, I think that's it's, DiCaprio. It's DiCaprio, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, his other movies before, uh, before um, Shutter Island. Uh, I mean, I guess The Departed did really well. Yeah, it did pretty well. But it, but it, like his first two with Scorsese were. Oh, Aviator bombs, didn't make any money. Right? Yeah. Aviator didn't make any money. Gangs of New York didn't make any money. I think Gangs of uh, New York came out at a bad time. I think that was a problem there. That was like a December but, release. That's that's true. Uh, but uh, his his star profile was just then changing, mm-hmm. right? Back when uh, Gangs of New York uh, came out, so yeah, he still he, hadn't he hadn't crossed that fucking line just yet to where everybody was like, oh, it's not just a fucking kid from Titanic who we all got right. goddamn fucking sick of. Right, exactly. I mean, literally his first two roles after uh, like his transitional moment, it was that and uh, and Catch Me If You Can in two thousand one. Yeah. Catch right? Me If You Can is fucking great. And they're both fucking great, and they really demonstrate the range that DiCaprio mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh, but, yeah, so I'm not really surprised that The Revenant opened well. I, I think a lot of people are were, were surprised that it opened as well as it did. Yeah. Um, I figured it'd get second, but I didn't think it'd come as close as it did to Star Wars. That, that yeah, was surprising. I mean, it, it got pretty close this weekend, uh, which is kind of amazing, actually. <laughs> Actually, I mean, because I mean, even though it's a, a technically a 2015 or 20, yeah, 2015 movie expanding in 2016, uh, usually January, even if they are expanding stuff, usually don't get a lot of bread. January is fairly dead for the most part. Yeah, well, I mean, it did it did um, uh, expand into like a ridiculous amount of theaters out of uh, not very many at all. Oh, yeah, it was it was the super Oscar release deal. Yeah, I mean, it, it was literally like New York and L.A. Uh, before coming out, I mean, it it added uh, it w- it was all in four screens its first week in release, <laughs> and it added three thousand three hundred and seventy one screens. Because you know, so, <laughs> so you know, a little bit of an uptick uh, in the uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 
crazily enough, like box office mojo has this, like, if you go to their front page on their, they always do the showdown thing yeah. uh, in the bottom. This one is DiCaprio's top earners. And, uh, so side by side, they have the 17 day totals for, uh, the revenant and for inception. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure that inception did not spend its first week on four theater screens. No, no, it did not. It opened <laughs> wide on like probably damn near 4,000 screens. Uh, which is just hilarious because it's like the Revenant looks so abysmal next to that 17 day total for <laughs> Inception. Like, look which at is how like his movie isn't producing. It's like this is a great fucking debut for this. Shut up. Yeah, 193 million dollars for Inception versus 45 <laughs> for the Revenant. And it's like this is not the same. This is not, not on equal footing, my friends. No, no. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so so what did you think of the flick? Um, okay, the movie has great performances in it from everybody. I, uh-huh. I think Tom Hardy truly fucking delivers in this. I think both him and Leo could easily be up for a Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is one of the best Tom Tom Hardy roles he's had in quite some time, actually. He's, he's got a lot to chew uh, in this, and he's a despicable, horrible fucking person. And he does great with it. And DiCaprio does what DiCaprio does. I mean, he spends the majority of the movie alone. And for carrying a movie and doing as well as you do just by yourself for the most part, for I would say probably 50% of the movie, I would say, yep. uh, he carries it damn well. I mean, you don't feel it's, you don't feel like you're alone so to speak. No. Uh, so, you know, you really, you get what he's, what he's doing. No real dialogue here. It's the, uh, it's the uh, castaway <laughs> version, if you will, but they go back to more talking uh, bits in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, really good movie. Uh, I, I liked a lot of the, uh, the direction stuff was pretty good. He, he, um, he restrains it a little bit more than I thought he probably would on this because in Ritu is obviously with Birdman having the, you know, kind of seemingly endless one shot movie, if you will, we all know clearly wasn't, but you know what the uh, visual was to lead you to believe to be right. uh, one shot. Um, so I thought like maybe he might go in that a lot of really fucking, you saw on the trailers, there a lot of really fucking wide angle lenses on shit right up in people's grills, just mm-hmm. getting at it. I mean, uh, it's a gorgeous looking movie. There's no doubt. Yeah. And that's why when you say that Terrence Malick, I was just like, holy shit, that really is fucking very Terrence Malick esque with the, uh, the scenery and everything and a lot of the performance and stuff. And that's one of the things that I'll talk about real quick is the audio in this. Now, the mm-hmm. audio in the theater that I was in, because I, I see enough fucking movies, so I know when shit's right and when shit's wrong. Um, the dialogue Just, is not super heavy in this film. It's it's mixed low, on mm-hmm. purpose. Speaking of the Malick connection, so so one of the reasons the film looks the way that it does is because Inuritu and Malick use the same cinematographer. Oh, well, there you go. Well, fucking but, hell. But, but that being said, uh, other Inuritu films do not feel like this. No. Uh, like the, the, you're about to get at something with the audio mixing and just uh, we'd already I'd already mentioned kind of the the type of movie that it was uh, or the type of story that it was telling. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the Malik really comes alive. I mean, Emmanuel Lubezki um, shoots for both of them. So, of course, it's going to look uh, very similar if you're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, he did shoot the new world for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, I as well as that. as well as Tree of Life and uh, Malik's other stuff recently, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, even the, if you hate those movies, they are gorgeous. Though. What's that? I said even if you hate those movies, they are all gorgeous looking. Oh yeah, gorgeous cinematography. Yeah, um, 
but but you, what you were just talking about the audio mixing right there's mm-hmm. lots of whispering uh there's and um, even fairly supposedly loud dialogue is mixed mixed very even with everything else mm-hmm. yes not not um, pushing to where you would like really uh it's not putting the uh the dialogue front and center if you will yes as far as a listening uh perspective goes right exactly and um on top of that, like the the way that dialogue seems to blend in and out of uh, kind of the the dream spaces, the hallucination spaces that DiCaprio has mm-hmm. uh, in this film, that also is a very Malick uh, like touch of storytelling, right? Yeah. Uh, where where like reality and and this kind of mental existence are kind of all bleeding into one another. Um, anyway. But yes, quite well done. Um, I enjoyed this movie for the most part, uh, but here comes my criticism, which I've heard uh, from other people, like normies, like people uh-huh. that just go fucking see movies, because I, I, I talked to a gal at work who, who went and saw it, uh, and, and it is it was my complaint walking out of the thing. This movie's too goddamn long. This movie is two and a half hours long. If you shaved a half hour out of this thing, I would, I, I'd love it even more than I already like it. I, th- I don't know, man. I, I really like that it goes long. I, I just I feel I feel like they I don't just... think that it's necessary, but I think that uh, the length does add like a little bit to the holy fucking shit. This guy just keeps going through some shit yeah. and it takes forever. Like the movie very clearly wants you to get you into a mental space mm-hmm. where you're where you're kind of in the same place as glasses. Um, so. uh I feel like the length of it is kind of part of that as well, which which come which honestly comes straight out of uh, where Inuritu would have started his uh, filmmaking uh, as an indie filmmaker in in Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Coming out of the art cinema, where the length and the drawing out of time. Uh, one thing that does is it changes. I mean, it literally changes the way that you experience what's going on. So, uh, there could have been, you know, half an hour trimmed off of this, but I think it would have fundamentally changed what the film was and would have made it much more of a straight up revenge thriller. But I really don't think that's even what they were interested in doing. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, get the criticism right. that it can seem too long, but I also feel like that's kind of the point. I, and, and, and I completely get that. And, and that's, that's, that's the thing. That's the weird fence that I'm on because I, I agree with that statement. I, I think it does help that at the end of the day though, I, I, I could have gone two hours and been, and I think I'd have been a okay. I mean, I, I don't mind, I don't mind that it's that long, but I feel like, I'd like to see. I'd like to see a half hour shorter cut. That's just me. Well, I I feel like even even at its length that it is now. I mean, the movie really does not let up. It is relentlessly brutal. It doesn't. It doesn't um, feel like I said. It doesn't feel very long, but it is long. And here's the thing. I, and I know there's some people out there is just like ah oh, fucking you can't take long. I'm like I fucking saw uh, uh, Hateful Eight twice. That's three fucking hours worth yeah. of worth of movie. I no, don't mind I mean, long movies. I don't. I just got to have to feel that there's a little uh, a chugging motion in there fucking somewhere. Well, see, I, f- I feel like and, and, you know, we we both loved Hateful Eight. I feel like the Revenant's length uh, serves more of a purpose than the length of the Hateful Eight does. Perhaps, uh, but at least something's I mean, going I, on. I understand in, the in both. And, and I will make the argument both 
in both films, the length contributes to the feel of what's going on in a very significant way, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And both of them have to do with playing around with expectation and boredom and mindset uh, to kind of toy with the audience in various ways. I think they go about it in very different ways, and I think they have different means to an end uh, and very different ends to get to even. Um, But I do think they, they both serve a purpose. I just think in The Revenant, the length literally serves more of a purpose than Hateful Eight even does. Um, I don't disagree. I, I just, I just, but you I, know, get, I get what you're saying. That, that right? bit's more like entertaining story, to me. I'll put it that way. The story does not need the entertainment portion of this movie does not need uh, to be two and a half hours long. That, precisely. But, but I think that if we step back from that entertainment spot, if we step back from that pure adrenaline rush thing that the story would be without this extra half hour of, uh, of material, um, then I think you would just not experience this movie in the same way at all. No, I can, uh, I can, I can agree. I, th- I think even another Tarantino film and its sequel uh, is, is, is illustrative of this point too, right? Like, it's the difference between Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2. Kill Bill Volume 2, uh, the biggest criticism that was lobbed at Kill Bill Volume 2 is that it goes on. And mm-hmm. that the first volume was much more streamlined um, as an action film. Right. The second one was an action film. The, se- the, uh, the first one was an action film. The second one was the revenge portion of, yeah. of, of a bigger movie. And. And I feel like uh, what we have here is much more tonally and uh, spiritually akin to Volume 2 of Kill Bill than Volume 1 of Kill Bill. Not very much. Uh, Whereas, you know, uh, another revenge thriller um, would would definitely be much more up up the alley of the Kill Bill Volume 1 style. That's a good good comparison. I like that. Uh, So so I just think if people can wrap their heads around that, and I know that there are fans, there are people who are not fans of uh, Kill Bill Volume 2 because it's too long. Uh, I think the criticisms, criticisms of, of that film really line up with this one quite nicely, though, um, that it just doesn't have the same adrenaline rush. Right. Uh, and, and, and again, I, I don't want people thinking I'm really shitting on this movie because I'm not. I mean, I did, I did, I did thoroughly enjoy it. I no, mean, no, no. I, I, I but, understand. It's know. a nitpick, right? Yeah. And, and you're, you're fucking spot on. This is Tom Hardy's best role since Locke. Uh, uh, a couple years back, um, which very few people saw. But if you have not checked, it out- was like it was. It wasn't even. I don't even think it came to Charlotte because I was looking for it. Because I it mean, was I, very I limited. I like the in in the one location kind of like a la buried and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, this movie like Locke is literally Tom Hardy driving a car and talking to people on a speakerphone for an hour and a half, and it is fucking amazing. <laughs> um, and this is his best role since then. So you're you're spot on. Uh, DiCaprio uh, just won, uh, you know, the Golden Globe for this movie. But Oscars on on we'll a, on a lot of things, they don't particularly care for the for the guy. He doesn't get a, he doesn't get voted on a whole heck of a lot. Though though very much, I mean, I think he deserved it for fucking Wolf of Wall Street. But you oh know. yeah, hands down, that was the best performance that year. Uh, here's the thing: at some point, the Oscars will have to give in to him. I mean, um, they eventually, for Christ's sake, they gave into Scorsese eventually, and not even for a movie. Now, I, I I like Departed, don't get me wrong, but for not even something I'd put even in in his top twenty movies. Yeah. So you know. Um, but 
right like we all we also have to remember that the oscars is more political more politically minded uh and 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 that means like its own politics not uh, yeah not like it's only going to do political stuff but like its own internal hollywood politics hollywood bullshit then, it's like like why cruz still are, right? doesn't have a fucking oscar is the half naked oscar cousin everybody's <laughs> fucking drinking and having sex i'm gonna show you my titties i hope you don't yeah. care uh, yeah, no right? i think Here's i'm fine with wing. that <laughs> everybody take a gander mm, how about um, that shiny and, isn't it <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's what the Globes are, right? Yeah. Uh, the Oscars, they take themselves very seriously in a very particular way. Sometimes to their um, own chagrin, I would say. Yeah. Mo- most often yeah. <laughs> to their chagrin. To hey, everyone. everybody. Shakespeare and Love's a better movie than Saving Private Ryan. Go fuck yourselves. Uh, but I, I really do think that uh, they are conscious of the fact that people are really starting to wonder why in the fuck Leo hasn't won. Yeah. Uh, after he's nominated every goddamn year. Um, and, and I think this will be, be the year that they'll give it to him. I hope so. I don't, I don't even think, uh, that he gave the best performance this year. He's really fucking amazing in this movie. Um, but you know, you line it up to some of the other things out there. Some of the performances in the big short for fuck's sake, um, uh, you know, uh, Benicio del Toro in Sicario. And I don't even like that movie that much. <laughs> um, and you know, uh, I think I just think there are better overall performances this year than Leo does here, and that's not to say that he's not good. He's fucking fantastic. Uh, just that, um, just that I think this is not as good of a performance as Wolf of Wall Street, which he should have fucking won for. Yeah, and, and Oscars is, are but, very much in, in an odd sense about like whose turn is it, whose time right. is it, and and I think that this is the time, much like it was with Scorsese, right? Like even though The Departed is not among his top 10 movies right uh it was the time that people were really starting to be like well fuck man scorsese out directs every fucking person every time he gets behind the goddamn camera and you haven't given him a fucking oscar once yeah we all know that they don't actually award the best fucking thing but you can't but that makes it more egregious in some way oh in a lot Uh, of ways absolutely (laughs) they haven't won it's like it's just, uh, you mean to fucking tell me that Robert Redford can get a fucking Oscar, but Martin Scorsese can't get a fucking Oscar for directing? Yeah. You got to get out of my fucking face. And, and you can say, and you can say what you will. And I like Redford, right? And, like, and now let me ask. An, uh, and now let me ask you this: since since we're on the same subject, because I because I, I, I know you got strong feelings for it. Uh-huh. Do you do you honestly think um, Catherine Bigelow over Tarantino for Inglorious Bastards? Yes. Okay, then all right. I, then you no, and I are I not on the same page, but okay. You, no, I, I really do wholeheartedly. I know you really fucking love like, that movie. That's why I knew I could get at least but, a non understanding because I knew but, you would fucking. But not, but also, not for me. like, I really do think the the Hurt Locker, uh, right? So there are these movies that I think are perceived in certain ways um, up against other things. This year, I think the movie that has the best direction, hands fucking down, is Mad Max Fury Road. I I'm not going to argue with anybody about that, but like the the sheer amount of work and talent and innovation that had to go into making that film is the reason that an award fucking exists. Period. Whether or not the movie's good or whether or not you like the movie, I think is irrelevant on some level. Um, just because like that shit is a director's film, like period, and. Uh, he will not fucking win. No. Right? No. Um, that upsets me 
<laughs> but but it's it is also just kind of how it works. Now that being said, going back to the Hurt Locker, my point here is that the Hurt Locker is exactly the same thing. In that the Hurt Locker is a director's movie. In that like you have to conceive of that tension and ratchet it up constantly, in in a very similar way to how Miller manipulates Mad Max, um, and in so doing. Uh, Bigelow really did just fucking out direct every fucking person that year. Uh, and I love Inglorious Bastards. I, I, you know, right. Like I can point to other movies that are very well directed, but, but I think in my opinion, uh, Bigelow was there and, uh, and it just also happened to be that the Oscars finally decided they were not going to fucking just give it to another white dude. Right. But Barbara <laughs> Streisand tele, teleport, uh, telegraph that for everybody. Because it was yeah. just like, that was obviously, she just goes, or is it finally time for a woman? Okay, you've already told us, boom, that's going to hit that because it is a woman and it is a thing. That's what pissed me off about that fucking award. Because well, it seemed that, like it was given to her because Oscars, she's a woman. But I really do honestly not wrong believe Hurt Locker was the best fucking movie. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I do, like, everybody's got different stuff. But that's just, <laughs> anyway. I figure, anyway. I, and, and honestly, Zero Dark Thirty, I feel like, is better directed than The Hurt Locker is, which tells you something about how fucking much I like Catherine Bigelow, but also, like, how much I think... How much of a weirdo uh, Matt is right to people but also that movie's how boring. much i think of her directorial talent like she she really is a fucking amazing filmmaker i mean you go back and watch something like strange days uh that uh was written by james cameron uh you know when they were fucking married and uh she directs some that movie better than anything cameron was directing around that same fucking time terminator 2 included i'll throw that fucking thing in there Ooh. Uh, I mean, I love Terminator too, but you watch you watch the directorial decisions. You watch those movies and look for directorial decisions that were made uh, in Terminator Two versus Strange Days, and you will very clearly see who's the better director out of that fucking relationship. Oh, really? Now I know why you cry. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your I mean, mouth look, right I, now. <laughs> I fucking like. I'm not even bagging on Cameron, right? Like, I like Aliens just fine. Uh, the Abyss is good. True, true, uh, true lies is fucking good. T two is awesome. Like I'm not, I'm not a Cameron hater. I'm just saying, watch them back, back to back. Strange Days and Terminator Two, and think about who's choosing what. Right? Yeah, fair who's enough. Who's zooming who in this fucking place? You got, you, you got your assignments, everybody. The film find at gmail dot com. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Anyway, uh, so talking about directors, uh-huh. I think uh, here in Uritu with the Revenant really kind of just drives this fucking picture home. Uh, he'll get nominated. I I, a, I, he'll get nominated again, but I, I don't think he'll win because he already won. And like I said, I, Oscars I, are about time. Well, I think I think George Miller has more of a chance than winning uh, of the winning this thing than Inuritu does Ooh, the second time wow. in a row. Well, the second time uh, in a row, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, like I would say, period. Uh, you know, you put these two movies back to back to to one another, and you've got another situation like Bigelow and and Cameron, right? Like. Say what you will about uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I know you're not as big on it as I am. Yeah. Um, but, like, Miller can fucking direct the shit out of a movie. And uh, he directs circles around Inuritu as far as I'm concerned. Excuse me. Excuse me. Mr. Mr. Inuritu, have you seen Babe Pig in the City? Yeah, and that movie's about, fucking amazing. How about amazing. you get the fuck you out of my face? Goodbye. Have you watched it? It's pretty it's good. fucking amazing. Pretty good George Miller right there. It's a pretty solid George Miller, but ba- but Babe Pig in the City is fucking good, sir. Like I'm not joking at all. I'll take your word for it. I've never. I've Dude, look. I'll be. I'll front. It. I won't front. I have. A, I have not seen Babe Pig in the City. You got me. It's 
it is fucking worth your time, sir. Hey, you got the lady who does Bobby Hill in there, yeah? Well, George Miller wrote both of those fucking movies. Uh, he wrote them too. I did not know both that much. I know he directed yeah. them. I didn't know. He, I did not know he and, wrote. And who doesn't like Babe? For fuck's sake, monsters. I guess. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm going to say go out and see The Revenant. Uh, it's really fucking good. Um, yeah, that, That's about where I can stand yeah, on it. Piss, uh, it's, piss it's before you see the movie, largely, but I would say watch it, yeah. It's based on this novel, but uh, like also most of what uh, is, re- is retold and recounted in this uh, really did happen to Hugh Glass. Hugh Glass was a frontiersman uh, in real life who was mauled by a bear and left for dead. Uh, by uh, by by a guy who shares the name of Tom Hardy's character, uh, John Fitzgerald, and uh, and uh, he he for years tracked him through the wilderness trying to get revenge, and then when he finally tracked him down, uh, he um he forgave him. True story. Hmm. You, uh, I'm sorry, but I can't stop thinking of now knowing that character's name because you don't really get names a whole lot in this movie. Um, cause it's not like, it's Fitzgerald not, you get, yeah, well you get Fitzgerald a lot. Yeah. But you uh, don't get a lot of, uh, you don't get a lot of names. So there's not a, like, like a lot of Mulder, Scully, Scully, Mulder kind of things where they're saying each other's names a whole, whole bunch, except for Fitzgerald. Right. Um, but I just like, <laughs> you just gave me like the great idea for the uh, porn, uh, version of this. where It seems like huge ass. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, it's a gay porn, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, something, I, you gotta have something that's on the Revenant. So the, you know, I don't know. I was just thinking out loud here. So uh, one thing, one casting thing I gay want to talk about real quick is uh, th- going back to Inuritu and this one take thing. Uh, one sequence that's fucking amazing and and is mostly unbroken uh, is right up at the fucking beginning of this movie mm-hmm. when uh, the fur camp that Hugh Glass and John Fitzgerald are working for um, gets attacked by this tribe uh, of uh, Native Americans that's going through looking for a, 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 the chief's daughter that's been stolen by some white people. Um, turns out it's the fucking French, because of course. <laughs> um, but but uh, that scene is amazing. Yeah, That's one of the top things I've seen in a theater this year. It's really fucking amazingly uh, done, well done. Um, just kind of one thing to another. And you, it, it, it kind of very perfectly illustrates the chaos of, of situations like that. Because I mean, the camera will pick somebody up and follow them. And then like a fucking arrow will go through their neck. Yeah. And, and then it's like, well, who the fuck are we following now? Well, here's this guy. How do we get the safety? Uh, you're really just kind of in the middle of it, uh, getting attacked from all sides. And, uh, that's really the first time I can remember seeing that, uh, that, a, that an attack, um, in a, in a film like this was kind of seen or shot in the way that, uh, it must've actually been like, right. Where you're just, it's just, you're surrounded and it's fucking chaos. Um, cause it tends to be like in, in Westerns, right. Uh, Oh look, the Indians are up on the Ridge and they're coming down they're going to attack some shit and whatever. Yeah. And, and, uh, this fucking production, uh, employed native American actors, uh, <laughs> instead of Italians and Jews to play. What do you know? Um, now I'm going to wrap anyway. this up by saying this. I recommend from both of us. Yeah. Um, I, I give it to an actor almost every year on this on this program, uh-huh. and I'm going to give it to an actor in this movie of uh-huh. the kind of the hustler actor. Now this this went a couple years ago to um, to uh, oh oh what's his fuck there? My brain is Matthew McConaughey because uh-huh. when Matthew McConaughey had that fucking breakout year, right? Yep. Uh, this year goes to Donald Gleason. 
Yeah. This cat has had a fucking year, everybody. Ex Machina, yes, Brooklyn, Star Wars, The Revenant. This cat, this is his fucking year. Now, he's been in a ton of shit. A mm-hmm. lot of shit most people probably don't even fucking know. But this has been his fucking year, and he's destroyed it. He gets that fucking, he gets that, uh, he gets that nod this year for me. For the actor that's just like has has brought it and has kind of been their year, and now granted his role in Star Wars is a little bit less, and and, and Brooklyn for that matter, but for, for the the full body of work for what he did in 2015, uh, he he's got mine. I had one for a chick, but I forget who it was. I should have wrote it down at the time, but I didn't. Was it Alicia Vikander? Yes, I think that yeah, was her. Also, yes. Ex Machina. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, her and, and she then, was she was all up in every fucking thing. Yeah, this year. I mean, between him, I mean, I like, think the only thing she wasn't in was Star Wars. Yeah, and of course, I'll, I'll, you know, Oscar Isaac had a had a fucking you know stellar ass year too. I mean, he was in like you know fifteen things too. So yeah, but Alicia they, Vikander, they, they weren't quite as Ex Machina. She was in Man from Uncle. Yeah. She's in uh, the movie you saw that I don't give a shit about because it has old chap lips. Um, you shouldn't. You, but Jake, she's. You know, she she's the best part of that fucking movie. I'll say that she, much. She was also in uh she was also in that fucking movie with uh old uh, old Brad Dog. Uh Burnt. Yeah, she's dude, she was fuck. like she yeah, so yeah, that's she's that's, up that's in everything. That's exactly Good, what I was thinking bad. of. So but the two of them, like Ex Machina fucking had like had the fucking cast this year. <laughs> she <laughs> got, sure. She got cast and will be in the uh the ne- the next Born movie. That's how big her year was. Oh fucking nice. She she's in the next Born flick. So uh, yeah, I which, mean which is uh, Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass back at it. Yeah, I mean usually usually we have usually it's just like an actor that gets that, but man, she's because you know, ladies aren't cast as much as they should be. Uh but no, man, fuck- she's she's fucking dominated this shit this year. So uh fucking those those two right there, man, those are my those are my like favorite two actors of this year. As far as yep. like the variety of things that they've been in. Uh, that's it, everybody. Uh, so we finished up, uh, you know, one review, but we, I think we went into a little bit more depth. We had a little bit of a sidetrack conversation, which was nice. That's always fun to kind of throw mm-hmm. that fucking shit in there. And of course we're going to be talking award season and stuff much more, uh, uh, in the uh, coming weeks here. Yeah. We, we might do, uh, we haven't really talked, uh, but, but, uh, I think last year we were talking about maybe trying to do, uh, do an Academy Awards post show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may try to do that this year. We'll chat and, uh, let people know what's what. Yeah. I usually have to be at work at seven o'clock in the morning. The but, next day. uh, but you know, maybe something the next day yeah. we'll see. Uh, so yeah, that's it for this week. Next week, um, you know, January, honestly, January's, they're showing a little bit more stuff than they kind of normally do. January and February and stuff are usually pretty fuck dead months, uh, for movies. But, uh, this year that seems to be at least, you know, putting out stuff. They got Ride Along 2 coming out. It was a sequel to obviously Ride Along as, as the two after there would have you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and which came out about this time. So it, it made pretty good bank there. So they're like, why the fuck should we not do this again? And uh, this movie's going to make a shitload of money. Will it beat Star Wars? That's the big question. Who knows? Uh, Who but knows? so, and, and, and I liked, look, right along, the original right along, wasn't it? Great movie, but it wasn't actually I'm, fucking. I'm watching it tonight. Actually, wasn't terrible. I mean, I liked it for it's. It's a fucking comedy that comes out in January. What the fuck do you want? Yeah, um, well, uh, you know, there's a reason it's coming out in January too. It's because uh, it's a comedy. Um, the box office is generally dead until February. Yeah, and these two and, guys have already proven they can sell a good movie, and they've sold the first one. They'll yeah, sell this well, one. I mean, so, look, man, I live in Atlanta. Kevin Hart's con- like uh, oh, concert Lord. films come out theatrically here. <laughs> that's, that's how fucking popular he is. Yeah, that's that's um, a crazy thought. Like, and, like, and I think it, he's like, just an okay comedian. Just, to, just I like his, his fucking stand up comes out. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you know like right along 2 will be just fine i think it will beat star wars 
I, 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 mean, I would I mean, not be Star shocked. Wars, Star Wars is still a tall order, but I do think that uh, you know Star Wars was at, was it like uh, what forty two this weekend? Jeez, it's, I think I think it'll dip down into the thirties this week if if uh, nothing, and uh, Ride Along Two will possibly hop right up in there. It's good, definitely good possibility. And of course, we have uh, the new movie for Michael Bay, Thirteen Hours: The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. And I hope uh, that fucking thing tanks. It probably I mean, will. I mean, look, uh, I enjoy a good Michael Bay movie. I enjoy a mm-hmm. good war movie. F- fucking nothing happened at Benghazi. Would it be hilarious if at the end, get this? Yeah, this is this is this is this is the best ending for this movie. At the end, literally, Michael Bay walks from out the camera and then just does a, a, a tail slate and just goes, "That's it," and th- and th- that that's the end of the movie. It's him just going, <laughs> "Boom!" We <laughs> that's perfect. That's what the movie uh, should be. It should be him directing the movie that was that got everybody in, up in s- such arms and a lot of horse shit that didn't really fucking happen. Happened, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll be watching that. So you know, Michael Bay will blow some stuff up good, and you know, it'll be way over dramatic. And you know, it's it's what what he does. And and yeah, you and I are both Bay apologists, if you will. Um, so you know, we'll watch that. And we're probably, I, I got a feeling we're not going to fit in Norma the North. So, you know, I, I know that all of you are waiting with bated breath. Will they cover Norma the North? Probably not. So just, you know, hold your fucking horses. But we'll review those other two. And uh, I, I, I'm going to try to sneak in the forest because I'm trying to, uh, you know, now that 2015 is over, the only goal that I have now is to beat the number of movies that I saw last year, which is like a fucking 130. <laughs> Theatrically. Theatrically. New release, right? exactly, and yeah. I'm not even, and I, that's not even counting the repeats that I saw. Because I mean, like, I saw Star Wars twice, I saw Mission Impossible twice, I saw Ant Man twice, mm-hmm. uh, I saw fucking The Martian twice. So you know, not even counting those repeat viewings, you know, 130 in the fucking theaters. So you know, and not to counting the retro reviews, so I probably saw closer to about 150 all told. But so you know, I, I gotta, I gotta beat that year. So. <laughs> It's it's a it's a mad dash to insanity, I believe. Uh, so that is it. We'll talk about those movies next week, and of course more. Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith, and I will uh, send you to wherever I'm uh, doing other things via Twitter. Boom. And of course, you can also listen to my other podcast, Hero Movie Podcast at HeroMoviePodcast.com. This week, we'll be reviewing Constantine. Spoiler alert, Adam doesn't like, but my guess is that the other two guys may like it a heck of a lot more than I do. But if you wanted to hear Bruce talk about his, his favorite Alan Moore, you know, that's where to fucking go, man. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. And of course, uh, sneak preview for you guys. Uh, the week after that, we're doing Jonah Hex. Why does the world hate me? Um, which by yeah, the way, if you, if you think Constantine's full of some bullshit, wait till you sit down to that movie. Sweet mercy. I'm, you will be begging to watch Peter Stormare ham up that fucking movie. Again. He was the best part of that flick. Well, I mean, and that know. ain't saying much cause that movie blows. Anyways, that is it everybody until next week when we talk 13 hours and uh, right along too. for Matt Smith. I am Adam Portress and I don't have a uh, song queued up. Matt start vamping. Uh, w- about what? Uh, so know. David Bowie died. That's sad shit. All right, fine. I, that's, I don't know where, where I went with that, but uh, you know, we did open with some Bowie. Yeah, and that's uh, what I was planning I, on doing. I am actually really fucking sad about that shit. Uh, David Bowie meant a lot to a lot of people. Uh, has a great fucking film legacy. I'm I I'm going to talk about the Hunger Blu-ray next week. 
Okay. That's what I that's what I have on deck to watch uh, Wednesday after I get home from teaching. So uh, there we are. Yeah, and and then like and we'll, we'll kind of go out because this is a long fucking song. Uh, but I mean. Look, I, I bitch to other people about how, you know, when Lemmy died and, like, you know, whatever, and, and how I just don't feel like a lot of that was, you know, people don't really like Motorhead. Not not like they pretended that they did when he died. But people, like, Bowie, Bowie I, I believe. Don't, I don't actually know that much Motorhead. So Most people don't. That's, exactly. That's, that's the thing. Most people don't. But fucking Bowie has had such a large swath, not only in music, but in movies, but in you know all these different things, so he's had a lot of uh, he's been around. Also, who, who doesn't like at least one fucking David Bowie? There's song? at least one David Bowie song that fucking everybody likes. At least one. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's that's why I think you know the outpouring for him I buy from people because you know he did he had that different kind of craziness to him and like you've never seen anybody that transforms themselves in so many fucking different ways and I think really people focus a lot on his music and stuff but people don't realize how many fucking movies he was really in especially younger people don't realize yeah. how many fucking movies that cat was in and was fucking astounding in it and, and I think yes he died far too young but let's be honest with ourselves that guy looked like he was 40 years old for like 35 years yeah he fucking was like he was forever young man so but uh, we'll definitely be missed and everything that's it everybody so uh, enjoy the rest of this song here and uh, join us in the editor show why don't you
You know, you got to be damn good to do your own backup vocals. <laughs> and to do them that fucking well. That is not just you being looped. Yep. That is that is like you doing literally two different, you know, proper registers and everything. You know, that's 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 real fucking talent. I mean, you know, not for nothing, Motorhead, but Bowie's got your beat, son. You know, one of my uh, favorite roles of his uh, is uh, as Andy Warhol in Basquiat. Hmm. You ever seen that? It's on Netflix right no. now. It's uh, it's about Jean-Michel Basquiat, the artist mm-hmm. uh, in New York. And uh, he plays Andy Warhol, and it's fucking good. Andy Wal- Warhol's never been happier to be taller. <laughs> <laughs> he's like ooh, i bet he got a was he around when that came out or no no i think he'd been dead for been, some time been, been out for um, a while because man but, oh man uh, he'd have loved I, that I, shit basquiat was in 96 it was like one of the heyday uh um uh miramax films mm-hmm. uh, it's got like gary oldman and shit in it um I just, I mean, like, even, and even like in his, Toros and that fucking thing. even in his small roles and stuff, when like he was in, um, <clears throat> which, which guy Richie one was it? Was it Lockstock or was it the other one? Oh shit. Um, I'm going to look it up. Um, I feel it was Lockstock. It may have been the, other, I don't fucking remember. It's, it's all those starting to meld together and it's been so damn long, but like even his, his small role is that as like the dad, in the, like sitting in that car doing that scene, it's just like you couldn't fucking take your eyes off of him. He was just like he's he's number one. He's just he's always been a striking looking individual. Very very different. Was I he mean, in a was he in a fucking Guy Ritchie movie? I feel like that was it. I don't remember him in any of those. Maybe I'm wrong. He was in because it was it was like Lockstock and then Snatch and then uh, something that was. It felt like that then. <laughs> if it wasn't that, it was something. God damn it! Now my brain is just taking a complete and utter shit. Bruh. I don't know. I don't know. It was some role where he was talking to somebody in a car. <laughs> okay. And if I feel it was like I, f- I feel it was somewhere in the late nineties. I could be. I mean, I mean looking. Where am I? No, maybe mm-hmm. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was in. I don't remember what fucking thing it was. It was in something. I guess it wasn't. See. Oh, he's in some movie with uh, fucking. Uh, Insane. I, I feel that I may be. Huh? Is this movie busted? Is some movies in? Um, <clears throat> two toughs from wrong side of the tracks. Quiet Ray wants out of the gangster life. Into the local music scene. Maybe I don't know. I, haven't seen I don't one. fucking remember. I don't know. It's just like even in small roles. <clears throat> I mean, the guy could just just deliver it, and you know. Well, I mean, like you go back and watch something like uh, Last Temptation of Christ, where he's playing a pilot, mm-hmm. and uh, like, goddamn, what a good fucking actor that guy is! Yeah. I mean, I mean, even his fir- his first fucking film role in The Man Who Fell to Earth for fuck's sake. It's like what? Yeah, like this music fucking guy goes and do that. What? Yeah, I mean, and and I mean beyond that, right? Like, you know, the hunger, uh, which, you know, there are people who don't like Tony Scott, but those people can uh, go fuck. Themselves. They're all wrong. Tony Scott, poor one out. Yeah, I mean, like, like I get it, right? Uh, there's um, there are plot deficiencies in Tony Scott's movies, but Jesus Christ, man, that guy knew how to fucking frame a Mm -hmm. film and to like truly give you, uh, some retina scorching images. Right. 
Um, he's also, uh, David Bowie, uh, was in, um, alongside, uh, Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer and Dan Aykroyd and, uh, fucking David Cronenberg had a bit part in this thing. He's in this movie into the night. You seen this thing? Uh, I don't believe that I have. So this is a movie uh, for, by John Landis from uh, 1985 that uh, you must see. Okay, it's it's a highly underrated uh, film. It's criminally underseen uh, for somebody uh, who people really like. Um, uh, John Landis, for fuck's sake! I mean, he he was in his prime in 1985. Um, but uh, basically, it's just like a chase film, uh, a comedy. Um, through L.A. Uh, with uh, w- with um, Jeff Goldblum and, and Michelle Pfeiffer kind of uh, running from some uh, Iranian mob men. Hmm. Um, and that that is uh, not un- unlike. I mean, it's less surrealistic and uh, and uh, whatever else, but it's not entirely unlike um, After Hours, the Scorsese film that was that yeah. same fucking year, right? With, like. Griffin, with Griffin Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Into the Night's really, really fucking good and worth yeah, your time, too. Check that out. Um, and David Bowie's in that, and uh, he's great. First of all, a uh, friend of the show, he's written in. <clears throat> uh-huh. Uh huh. Reed has a very funny uh, Facebook update here. All Iran right. is holding United States citizens. Bruce Springsteen is touring. The Steelers are in the playoffs, and Rocky and Star Wars movies are playing at the theaters. Did I wake up in the late 70s? <laughs> <laughs> Seems very much like it might be. I don't know. All right, Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next week. More stuff. All right, bye, guys.